You're listening to The Marketing Funnel Show, episode number 79. Today on the pod, I've got my friend Maggie Patterson. Maggie runs two very successful service businesses, and after a decade and a half in this online business space, she's got a lot to say about service businesses, offering courses, and so-called passive income. Hold on, because we're about to share some serious behind-the-scenes real talk. Welcome to the Marketing Funnel Show. I'm your host, Michelle Evans, and this is the podcast for coaches, experts, and online business owners to learn how to go from simply surviving to sold out using the power of marketing funnels. All right, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there, and welcome back to another great week. And thanks for letting the Marketing Funnel Show be a part of your week. Today on the podcast, I'm thrilled to introduce you to one of my secret weapons, Maggie Patterson. Maggie and I have known each other for years. And last year, I rehired her and her team to write my weekly show notes, emails, and social media updates for the podcast. It is the best money I have ever spent in my business. The amount of time and frustration and all sorts of stuff that they save me is incredible. I've also hired her team to help me with other stuff like funnel content, sales pages, and more. They are so good at what they do and so talented. And part of the reason I wanted to have Maggie on was because I hear from people all the time who think a service business isn't a real business or a successful business, or it can't be a successful business online, that somehow they're failing because they don't have quote unquote passive income or some multi six figure or million dollar online course or anything like that. Well, Maggie is about to pull the curtain back on that one about having passive income and million dollar courses and share why, even though Maggie and her team have programs and services that bring in big income each year and could be, you know, that passive income, why even with all that, she's still committed to running a service business. Maggie is a fabulous combination of somebody who is a true professional, who has seen and done all the things out there online, and who is now super confident and comfortable with the business that she runs. I'll link to all of Maggie's podcasts and websites and everything we talk about in today's show notes, which you can find at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 79. Let's jump into the interview. Hey there, Maggie. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to be here, Michelle. I'm so glad you invited me. Yeah. So I know, you know, I already gave this in the intro. You and I have known each other and worked off and on with each other for for a long time. Yeah. And I would love, so I know you, but I would love for you to just set the stage. How long have you been in business? What are your businesses? And what is it that you focus on? So I actually started my business 14 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like lifetime, right? Yeah, it's it's literally the lifetime of my child because he's turning 15. Like he doesn't know me in any other, he doesn't know me as like mom goes commutes to work. He does not know that part of my life. Um, But you know, I basically left a very 
lucrative, very comfortable PR agency director job that I actually really, really loved, but it just was not going to be the right fit for me moving ahead. I wanted to go out on my own. So I basically went on maternity leave and never came back. I'm kind of every employer's nightmare. And uh, from there, you know, I went, I've gone through the whole cycle of freelancing, starting a second business in a totally different industry, going back to freelancing. Like I've done all the things along the way. And um, basically in 2013, I was like, okay, I don't really want to be a freelancer anymore. And I, I don't want to have these other businesses in the crafting industry. So like, how can I streamline this? And then from there, I've really dug into the online world. And that has been a strange, strange trip over the last six years because I have learned that actually the thing I was doing before all of the online business things is actually the most um, enjoyable for me and the most lucrative. So now I have two businesses. I own a content marketing agency. We work mainly with B2B companies um, of all sizes. We have everything from, you know, multi, you know, 20, $30 million companies right through to, you know, super small micro business owners. And, um, I also own Small Business Boss where I mentor service business owners to help them make more money because one of the things I saw in the online space is so many people were stuck and so many people were like trying to do all these courses and everything when really service businesses are incredibly viable and are the fastest path to cash. They just need help optimizing those businesses to make them work better and to help them achieve their goals with them versus being like, oh, I'm just going to drop this because it's not working. Okay. We're going to dive into all this because I mean, after 14 years, you've seen yeah. and done it all. You've done courses, you've done freelancing, you've done ser the service stuff. And in full transparency, like you do my show notes or your team does, you do yeah. my show notes, you do my emails, you do my social media write-ups and do a fabulous job. Like i I can't even believe that I didn't hire you straight out of the gate because <laughs> it's so much easier. Um, but let's talk about this because one of the things you and I have talked about this before, but one of the things that is kind of, I don't know, invading the online space is this idea that you can only have a six, quote unquote successful business, whatever that means. If you have some sort of quote unquote, passive income. Like I'm going to put big quotes around that because yeah. it's never passive, right? And, and so I'd love for you to talk to me a bit about the service aspect of both your businesses and, and how, you know, you use marketing funnels or systems or whatever to help really make that sustainable for you. Yeah. So I mean, on the agency side, like our, you know, we have a very, very simple funnel. It's a very, you know, it's not a traditional automated funnel, but typically our clients find us through referrals. We do cold outreach on LinkedIn. We, we have a number, you know, I do speaking, I do a number of things to kind of put the word out about the agency. And then from that first touch, it's, they're not going into automated email sequence because one of the things we found for that funnel, a lot of times we're selling to a um, VP of marketing, a director of marketing. They want, it, it's a super high touch thing, but we have the system mapped out. So it's still a funnel. It's just not the type of funnel that we've been conditioned to think about. And I think it's about thinking about what's the journey and the path and what are the needs of that specific client. So Amen. <laughs> Right, depending on who we're selling it to, yeah. <laughs> and just a little little tidbit for people. I mean, we write blog content every month for like very in depth blog content. We share it on LinkedIn. You know, we do all the content marketing things because we are a content marketing agency. But 
what we see is the people who sign up for e our emails on the agency website are not ready to purchase. They're not people who want to hire us because we're not cheap. We are, you know, in the agency world and we charge agency prices. So they don't want a low, a low they're not going to buy us from a funnel. And we understand that they're going to buy us from a relationship building, high touch, one-on-one -on -one streamlined system more than anything else. And then for small business boss, totally the opposite. Um, we have a very robust marketing funnel, which really is focused on getting people to our mastermind. We only launch it once a year, but everything we do all paths lead to the mastermind. So there's a podcast, a small business boss podcast. We have opt-ins for every single thing we teach and we nurture people very, very consistently through that process so that when we open the mastermind, boom, it's so simple to fill it. The launch is, it's taken like seven launches to get to the point where it's just easy, but we can launch with ease and not in this high pressure, high intensity way. It's we've done the work of nurturing people to get them ready. Yeah. And that, I mean, again, this is where marketing funnels need to be really first and foremost attuned to your audience. Yes. What are the problems that they have? How do they really want to engage with you? Because um, the I'm trying to remember because the first time you and I connected was I think in 2013 or 2014 yep. somewhere. It was a long time ago. <laughs> in internet years, like one year is about 10. We've known each other a million years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when I hired you to do back the what you were doing back then, which is PR pitching, um, I know I had listened to your podcast. I had opted in for your stuff. And then I think I knew like two or three people who knew you. Yeah. And I was just like, you're the only choice that I want to make. And then when I came back, I didn't realize that you were still doing the agency stuff. And I was like, oh my God. And really I posted something in a Facebook group and you said, hey, Michelle, I do this. And I was like, okay, remove that post, <laughs> message you, tell me what it would take to hire you. Like it's sometimes it can be that easy, right? Yes. And that's what I like about services. It can be that easy. And I think when we find the ways to make things easier in our business, we save ourselves a lot of time and stress and frustration along the way. So I think starting to think about your funnels in a, in a Michelle, like a Michelle friendly way of like the funnel is the path to get people from A to B. And it's about getting to the money and the profitability and how do you shepherd people on that journey? I think that's what we need to think about more versus how do I automate this and have this be this soulless thing to make money while I'm at the beach. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> it really doesn't. And I mean, part of the reason why I was so anxious to hire you this time around is that I was like, Oh my God, she knows exactly what I'm doing. They know how to do these emails. They know how to do these show notes. They know how to do this social media. She's, she's amazing at this. So why wouldn't I hire her? Because you're living what you're selling. And so it was, I mean, it was literally like, Maggie, please just send me an invoice and tell me how I can hire you, right? Um, can I just say, guys, Michelle is the easiest client ever. I believe the first time you hired me, it was an eight minute conversation. You said, stop it. Stop it now. I am sold. Send me a proposal now. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, again, that's the power of a content marketing, yes. strategic content marketing. You're not just putting random content out there. No. You are very strategic and very focused about what you do, but it comes, and I shouldn't say, but, and it comes across in a really approachable way. 
And you can reuse that content in your funnels and you yeah. can share that content when people have questions and you know, anybody can go listen to small business boss and hear, I don't know how many 200 plus episodes. Exactly. Like you can overdose on Maggie. And so there's no lack of proof that you know what you're doing. Exactly. And I think a lot of times, like what you said, like we create, when we're creating content, we have to think about what is the, it's this intersection of like, what am I, what do I have mastery over? What am I really knowledgeable about? What can I provide value to my audience? And what's the problem they're having? You know, the perfect example is this time last year, we noticed that proposals were a huge pain point for our people. We'd never really talked about proposals because I've written proposals for so long. I assumed that everyone knew what went into an amazing proposal. That to this day that there's a YouTube video, podcast episodes, downloads, like it is very highly consumed content. And it's honestly, it's a huge entry point for people because they, they don't understand how to write proposals and they make these small tweaks and they're like, oh my gosh, mind blown. People are buying. Exactly. But that's you listening to your audience. Yes. That's you saying, all right, if this is a pain point, this is something that is now an easy no-brainer. I mean, obviously, after years and years and years in the business and doing a bajillion proposals, you yeah. know a few things that you can teach, right? Yes. And so it's a really easy thing to put together. But one thing that I've always appreciated about you is that you make it easy to consume for your audience. So you're not talking about it from your expert place. You're saying, okay, as an expert, let me come back and tell you, these are the like five things that you need to think about. Actually, I can't even remember how many are in the proposal, but you make, you break it down and say, this is what's really important here. This is yeah. what you need to pay attention to. Yeah. And I think that this is, you know, you, Michelle just honed in on something that's really important. I personally believe that the market overall is getting very, very tired from this expert stance and they want to hear from real people. They want real stories. They want that real shared lived experience. So they're going to start vetting people in a different way. And I think this is where for each of us in our, in our zone of genius to really shine and step up and own that versus being like trying to teach the thing over here, which is what we think we should be doing. Why don't we just do what we're really, really good at? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and ask the right questions. So yeah. I would love for you to talk a little bit about this because, you know, you've had, you've had courses, you've had services, you have two businesses, which seems really overwhelming to me, but I know it works for you. Yeah. Tell me why you're so committed to running a service business, even though you have all the systems and all the skills to, you know, do other things. So there's, you know, there's what I call the three R's, which I'll walk you through in a second, but at the core for, I have a, a very deep held belief that for small business boss to work, I need to still be in the trenches. So what I see in the market I operate in with small business boss, where I'm teaching creatives and consultants and freelancers how to basically build their business and be successful without like killing themselves in the process. I see a lot of people who are teaching that stuff that don't work with clients they're not booking proposals. They're not, they're not writing proposals. They're not uh, doing cold outreach. I mean, in the month of February, I wrote 10 proposals and we landed most of them. And we had like this awesome, like amazing month. And I'm able to talk about things from that real life experience. So what I'm doing in the agency directly feeds small business boss and keeps small business boss relevant. And I know that for our audience, that's what 
differentiates us. That's what makes us relevant. And that's what makes us really, really knowledgeable. Like people instantly they're like, Oh, I trust her. She's writing proposals too. There's that shared experience of, Oh, you know, Maggie is just like me. It really levels the playing field. I'm in it with them. So that's part of it. And then there's, you know, I touched on relevance. So how do you be really, really relevant to your audience? It's really hard to continue to teach something in a passive income model when you get further and further away from doing it, um, when you're not doing it yourself. Because what happens is the market changes, things shift. Um, what you did three years ago to do something is going to be very different. So if you don't have that continued lived experience, you become increasingly irrelevant to your audience. Um, the next thing is recessions. And I know, Michelle, you're with me on this one. I've been through two recessions in my working life. Another recession is going to come. And I personally believe that um, people will always hire services. I went through the last recession as a freelancer and people still hired me because they couldn't hire marketing personnel. I was still making great money during a recession. It was scary, let me tell you, but discretionary spending on a lot of things are, are going to be gone. So if you're only selling courses, which is a lower touch thing, which people don't necessarily complete a lot of times, again, discretionary spending or the culture of people that consume a lot of this content that don't use it, it's going to go away. And then the final thing is honestly revenue. Like so many times it's very challenging to build an audience and it's becoming increasingly challenging and you don't have to have a huge audience, but I think a lot of people are deluded about what they need to do to get into the market, to sell a course, to sell a group program. Um, if you're starting from scratch and I don't care, and I'm going to say it, I don't care how many years of experience you had before you got in this online world, doesn't matter. I see this all the time. People are like, but I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You still don't have an email list. <laughs> so if you want to make a platform or just you, it takes time. You cannot yeah. manifest um, no. a huge audience. You just can't, it takes time. Yeah. And the conditions for creating that audience here in 2019 are very different than they were in 2014, 2013, 2011. Like people who have huge platforms started before I did or before Michelle did. Like they just, that's the way it is. So I think for you, like if you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, I need money in the door now. Services are going to be the fastest way to get that money in the door. It's the fastest path to cash because one client equals money in the door. Like, do you want to have to sell to 200 people to make two to four sales or do you want to sell to two people to make two sales? Yeah. It's math. Well, really and not only that, math. those two sales might be a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollar a month clients. Yeah. And I mean, for someone, I mean, I've launched courses, our, our, the courses we launched several years ago were, I would say moderately to almost highly successful. I mean, there's something I think if we'd stuck with them, they would have continued to grow. But what I quickly discovered is that the time in versus the money out didn't make sense for me because I know I can turn around and I can, I can easily send a $5,000 corporate client and yeah. work like an iota of the time and to have my team service the bulk of that account. So, um, hi, what am I doing? Because it is so IP intensive for me to be the one that creates that content. Uh, and I've done it. I'm not really... I never want to have to do 40 video lessons ever again in my life. It's not my thing. I don't love it. But for those of you that do, it's, you know, how can you use what you're doing now with services to finance the future dream? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, so I use my course, um, 
you know, a lot of times people just want to know the basics, right? Yeah. But I also use it with my one-on-one clients as we're going yeah. through and doing it, that it's, it's our roadmap for the one-on-one work that we're doing too, to get a funnel built and out there because there's some knowledge that yes. people need to have in order to think about marketing in a way that's not just shoving things down people's throats and trying to like, you know, rip off other people's so-called um, scripts or whatever, <laughs> like their yeah. formulas to success that don't work. Yeah. I, I don't even get me started on blueprints. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why like, honestly, with small business boss, everything I'm like, take this and please make it your own. Like we did a podcast episode that launched this week that was on like ways to find clients in 2019. And I'm like, use this as your starting point, use this as your inspiration, take it and make it your own so that you can be successful because what works exactly for me might not work the exact same way for someone else or their customer base. So understanding where those nuances are by taking the fundamentals is how you can kind of accelerate things versus there is no plug and play. And I see this all the time, build your agency. And I'm like, as an agency owner, I can tell you this would not work for my clients. So why am I going to buy your 10 grand system off a Facebook ad? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much. I know I just recently did a whole series of seven, you know, this on um, persuasion triggers. And this is not like sleazy persuasion. These are things that you legitimately need to show up and build so that people trust you and they believe in you and they see the results of the work that they, that you do. And that's part of, you know, what's so great about you. So in small business boss, I just want to put this out there because sometimes people think small business is, I don't know, like $10,000 a year of clients, small business boss for you is big, right? Like for, for the online world. Yeah. Like, I mean, just total transparency. Like the mastermind is basically the lead revenue generator for that. It's well over a hundred thousand dollars a year of revenue. And I don't do a lot of marketing for that besides creating the podcast. And I think what's interesting for me with small business boss at this point is, and that brand is like, it's my, I don't want, I hate these words, but my passion project, like I feel very strongly about the need for this in the market because there is a gap to be filled with people actually sharing real experiences. And the other part of it is I want to make it really accessible, accessible. So if, even if no one ever is going to enroll in my mastermind, the podcast is there to help them be a better business owner. There's all these assets there um, so that I can share my knowledge because I learned a lot from other people along the way, which they were like my mentors sitting in the office with me, but we don't necessarily have that in the online world. So if I can help some along the way, that's great. Plus the mastermind only has like a limited number of spots per year. So I can't serve everyone. And I'm aware of that. And I'm really okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a great place. I mean, again, even in the mastermind, you're being a service business, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I do, and I mean, I, at the heart of accessibility, we do one-on-one calls, we do workshops, we do hot seats three times a year. We retreat. Like when people are in my mastermind, I'm fully invested in their business and I'm like right there in them. And that's why we can't have a hundred people in it. I mean, I know everything about these people. I know, I know their family situation. I'm like, we're like this, we are so tight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that, I mean, again, I think that's why I, I like you and I like people who run their business like you, where it's like, yeah, I'm a client and I pay you 
But you're not just taking that money and running away and doing as little as possible. You're saying, let's service this and let's price this the right way so that we can service this. Yeah. I mean, I told a client this morning to cancel part of her service with us because I was like, I, I can't in good faith tell you that this is the right thing for you to be doing right now. We tried it. It was an experiment. It did not work the way we hoped it would. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest about this. And I think I, I know that tactic is always served me well. I mean, I used to tell people in ages, I used to, used to get in trouble in my agency years for this. I used to tell clients, I'm like, you don't need us to do this press release. And my like partner, the editor would be like, Oh, Maggie. And I'd be like, they don't. And that, that being honest and being truthful and straightforward, I mean, that will always pay dividends. A, you have your integrity intact and B, um, people will be more loyal to you when you're just straightforward. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Last little bit of questioning here. I want to know, cause your, your expertise really is around content marketing and, yeah. and, and I mean, obviously now building a business, but the core was always content marketing. How do you think about content marketing uh, aligned with marketing funnels? Like as you think about your podcast and all these other things that you do, yeah. How do you use your content strategy to make sure that you're reaching the right people and really inviting them into your funnel? So I think it comes down to a couple things when you think about, okay, so how, what, how does my content strategy align with basically that nurture strategy, that funnel on the back end? And A, we touched on this earlier, listening to your audience. Um, I made the critical mistake with my very, very first blog many, many years ago of just creating what I wanted to create. It felt like, oh, I was like, oh, I'll just do this because that's interesting to me. And um, what's interesting to you, what you are most passionate about is probably not necessarily the same as your audience. You are not your audience. So really listening. And I know, Michelle, you've talked a lot about this, like, what are they saying? What are the exact words they're using? Um, what are those things that they are looking for? Really deeply understanding them and taking the time to really delve into what it is they want. So I think before you create any content, that's always got to be the thing. And you've always, once you get in that cycle of creating content, constantly going back. So um, one of the things we did, we just did this series on finding clients. That was because I recognized and I, have the data to back it up within our community, like our broader podcast listener community, finding clients is the biggest pain point. And most people are still finding your clients mainly by referral. So that told me there was an opportunity to continue talking about finding clients and to talk about different ways to kind of expand some of their options to help them build some strength. So that listening act is critical. And then getting really, and this is like the least sexy thing ever, and everyone doesn't like it when I say it about content marketing, but getting super, super consistent. Um, you want to build, you know, content marketing is about building that no like, and trust. You can't build the no like, and trust when you don't show up consistently. Like if you're producing a podcast, are you producing every single week? Are you producing in seasons? Having that promise, clearly stating that promise and sharing it with your audience so they know what to expect is critical. And also like giving things time to work. So many people be like, I wrote three blog posts and I don't have a million people on my list yet. What happened? So understanding how those things fit together. And then how is having a next step? This is such a simple thing. And I'm sure, Michelle, this is something you see and you go, oh, why don't they have a next step? My podcast listeners, I'm driving them to a specific opt-in. I'm driving them to our Facebook group. In the Facebook group, I'm driving them to a specific opt-in. Always having that next step queued up so that 
there is that invitation. I think a lot of times we assume people know what the next step should be. We assume that they know they're invited. People want to be invited. Um, think of when you're in high school and you're like waiting for your friend to like invite you to the party. You know you're going to be invited, but you still want to be invited. So how are you inviting people into that next step in your business? And you know, is that a piece of another piece of content? Is that an opt-in? Is that a, a group you're running? Is that a one-on-one -on -one call with you? Having a next step always at the ready. Yeah, I, you know, I, I cannot say yes enough to that. In fact, I talk about it all the time. And yes, every time somebody new comes to me and I take a look at their content, they're like, it's just not working. I'm like, what's the next step for people to take? Like, yeah. you can't just think. And I always tell them, like, it's like slamming the door in their face. If they opt in for something and you're like, hey, thanks, go check your email, that's slamming the door in their face. And yeah. And you I just need to have that next step. <laughs> And I think sometimes we, we get so stuck in our own heads. So there's kind of like these self-defeating behaviors. We're like, well, I don't like that. And I'll hear this about things like pop-ups. Mm, yes. In some industries, pop-ups, like they work. So just because you don't like something does not mean it's not right for your audience. So don't let that get in the way. And then the other part is really understanding like what's appropriate for them, you know, I know for my audience, pop-ups are not good. Like they're like, oh, it's too aggressive. Dude, bro, marketer, get out of my face. <laughs> so understanding how to best position that next step for them and just not being scared to offer it up. It's like showing, it's like passing around the hors d'oeuvres at a party. You're like, would you like a shrimp roll? Like you're not going to offend anyone by being like, hey, do you want my opt-in? Like they can opt-in or they cannot opt-in. But if you don't offer the shrimp roll, they can't have it. That's right. That's right. All right, Maggie, you have just dropped a ton of information on us and really good insights. And I know people are probably going to want to come check you out. So where are the best places for them to come see what you're all about? So because you're listening to a podcast, I would be negligent if I didn't mention you can listen and subscribe to the Small Business Boss podcast. If you run a service business or you're in that forward to a phase of like, what is my business? It's a great place to start. Um, you can find everything we talk about over on that show on smallbusinessboss.co. And if you want to talk about content marketing, including we talk a lot about case studies and testimonials and all those things you need to make your funnel work, um, all those persuasion techniques that Michelle has talked about recently, you can find that over at scoopstudios.co. Yeah. And I'll link to both of those into the, or all three of those, I guess, in today's um, show notes. And I just want to make sure everybody got it's .co, not .com. Yeah, .co. The .coms were not available. <laughs> Don't you just hate that? <laughs> well, sometimes when you really like the marketing name, you're just like, nope. I was like, small business bosses it. I don't care if it's like .ca or .it or whatever. I don't care. I'm getting that domain. That's awesome. I love it. You're committed. All yes. right. Thank you so much, Maggie. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all this today. Thanks so much, Michelle. So what about you? Has our conversation changed how you think about running a service business? What questions do you have about running a service business? I'd love to hear from you or go check out Maggie. You can hit me up on social media or just email me, michelle at michellelevans.com. I love to hear from listeners just like you so that together we can create a podcast that's valuable, that's helpful, and that gets you on the road to the marketing insights you want to grow your business. 
So as you were listening to this, did you think of someone who could use these insights about running a service business? This is great information for freelancers, agency owners, experts, and online business owners, and really anyone else who's trying to make their mark in their business and in the world. If you can think of someone who could use this, Would you do both of us a favor and share this episode with them? It's so easy to do. You can do it right from the podcast app you're on or just share the URL for today's show, which is at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 79 and your friend can listen there. And finally... Do you want to know which marketing funnel can help you grow your business? Then jump on over to michellelevans.com forward slash quiz to find out. The quiz is fast and easy. And not only will I teach you which marketing or tell you which marketing funnel is best for your business, I'll also give you video training and examples to get you started. So I'll tell you which one you want to focus on and then teach you how to get started. All right. Have an amazing week and I'll see you back here next week. Same time same place on another great episode of the Marketing Funnel Show. See you then.